This morning, as we start our Summer of Renewal series, it's important to realize things are going to happen. And so we need to look at these things that we need to renew. And the, the, I, get the, I get the privilege of kicking this thing off. And the number, really number one, that are one and the same but not exactly the same, the, the things that we need to renew the most is our heart and our mind. Because they get attacked all the time. And so I want to I kick this off this morning and have a lot of fun doing it. Um, and I want us to think about, think about times in your life when things were going well and, and something came up, somebody gave you some understanding or somebody told you something, something happened and all of a sudden things were not okay all of a sudden. And things kind of took a turn for the worst and, or say that things were already bad and then somebody come and sh- they came and share something with you and all of a sudden you felt like, oh, it's gonna be okay. You know, this past week, we've been standing and believing for a precious woman of God named Karen Williams. Um, sits right over here on the front and sat there and uh, she's been battling cancer. And on Monday, this past week, she went and her assignment was over this side of heaven and she got to see Jesus face to face. That was on Monday. And then yesterday we celebrated her right here and did a great job, had a wonderful time with family and friends that, uh, that came and honored her life. But as the family walks on now, there's things in our hearts and minds that we, that that people, all of us, we all have to walk through certain things. And so as we do this, I thought I could preach on the heart every week, I believe, and not miss it by much that what the Holy Spirit's wanting to do in lives. I believe I could do that, and it wouldn't miss it by much. Because if you think in the natural, what do you think the, the number one um, the, the number one thing that takes people out of this life, the number one killer of human beings on this planet is heart disease, bar none, by multiple times over. Well, what do you think the number one thing that takes out believers? Heart disease. The same thing. In the natural, so goes the spiritual. Both of them, go; they correlate. Matter of fact, I had uh, a text earlier saying, hey, pray for me. I just got diagnosed with some heart issues. And think, anybody here besides me ever got diagnosed and said, hey, you need to look at something. And you go, I do. It's going kathumpa, kathumpa. But, and if we think about in the natural and spiritual, your heart is central to everything. Like it, it's the thing that keeps on ticking. It goes and it keeps on going and keeps on going and it pumps all the nutrients to your body. It takes, the, you know, your, uh, your, your, your respiratory system, it breathes in this oxygen, but the blood, the heart takes this oxygenated blood enriched and it put, pumps all the nutrients to all the extremities of your body that gives you the ability to function and the flow the way you're designed to do that. And when you've got heart disease, you slow down. I've had different ones that have had bypasses and they've I've gone and visited them in the hospital and before they went, they were kind of like, I'm moving, kind of, things aren't getting where it needs to be and things aren't, the energy's not there. But then when all of a sudden the blood flow begins to pick up and the heart thing and the blockages get done, all of a sudden they feel like, man, I feel like a weight's gone and I feel like I can move and I can go and they have much more energy and they have much more life because the blockages have been removed. 
And I believe in our hearts and in our minds and that it can be the same thing. If, I, if you look up heart in Scripture, heart and mind, especially in the Hebrew, uh, they're, they're very similar. The, the word for both of them are very similar. And it's because it has to do with the innermost part of a being. And so when we look at our inward part, our heart, our mind, our, 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 our feelings, uh, they're similar, but there's a distinction between the two. So the heart is the seat. It's like the, the, the foundation that everything of who we are and what we become is set on it. it it's the seat of our appetites. Your heart's the seat of your appetites, believe it or not. I, I shared with you a couple weeks ago how my heart got set on something, a little square thing, and y'all started laughing at me. A square thing that may or may not be a hamburger. But anyhow, my heart got set on it, and it was like it was determined. So it's the seat of our, our appetites. It's also the seat of our emotions and our passion. Our heart is also the, it's the seat of our courage, it's the seed of, of the things when things, when, when we get confronted with a situation, we either retracting it, whoa. In scripture, we see where different ones, where their heart failed them. They were in a battle and they were in a situation and it says their heart began to fail them. They begin to think, I, I can't get this done. I can't do it. It also, it's the seed, like I said, of courage as well, that when something comes at us, we feel like, oh no, I can't, but then something rises up and says, I, I can, we, I can make this happen. I can, I, can, I can do things I didn't think possible. Wednesday when I was going through that, I never thought I was, I, to be honest, there was never a time where I was afraid going, oh my, my thing was, is I hope they get this guy. That was my number one. It's like, I, I, when I'm looking at the truck, I mean, yeah, I will get that and all that stuff. Stuff was not as important as this person was. And part of that is I wanted him to have time to stop and reflect on his life. <laughs> As a person that has stopped and reflected on his life and found Jesus in jail, <laughs> you can do that. And I was hoping he could find Jesus there before he had to meet him without him. So that's, that's a big one. But anyhow, when we look at this thing of heart, this is what Proverbs 3, 5 says. It's the, the, the most wise man said, trust in the Lord with all of your passion, your emotions, everything about you. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And here's the whole thing. And don't lean on your own mind, your own understanding. The two are right there synonymous, but, but the wisest man said, hey, the heart, the seat, Trust in him there, but hey, don't lean on this, don't lean on this thing between your two ears. <laughs> you, this is where your mind and your will and your emotions kick in. You've got to be careful because they can fool you. Matter of fact, the same writer in Proverbs 4.23, he said it this way, above all else. Like number one, uno, number one, above all else, guard your heart. Why? For everything you do flows from it. In other words, there's another translation above all else because out of it will determine who and what you become. So I will say that this is for both believer, non-believer, whether you're, where you're at in that relationship or where you're trying to figure out God and Jesus and all that, where, wherever you are in that situation or wherever you're at in that process, just know your heart is crucial. And you need to understand that there are things you need to do. Matter of fact, Jeremiah 17, God's speaking to the children of Israel in verses 9 and 10. It says, the heart is deceitful above all things. In other words, the inside and beyond cure. Who can understand it? 
I, the Lord, search the heart and examine the mind. So he says both. You see they're correlated. I search in here, but I also search here. And he goes and says, to reward each person according to their conduct, according to what their deeds deserve. Jesus put it this way, Matthew, in Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, he's talking about trees, but he uses it to reference our heart. He says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So he's saying that whatever's going on in here is going to come out here. So whatever I got going on here, it's going to attract my eyes. It's going to attract my ears. It's going to attract my hands. It's going to attract my attention, my thoughts. And matter of fact, we looked a, a couple weeks ago when we said that, that whatever a man, whatever we treasure, whatever we spend our time doing, that, that our treasure will determine where our heart is. In other words, whatever I spend most of my time doing and pursuing and seeking it's more of a reflection of what's going on in the very core of my being than what it is right out here. And so with the world in which we're living in, there is plenty of opportunity to allow our hearts to begin to, to be fearful, to begin to look out over, uh, all over the, the world and looking at here in, in Brunswick, Georgia. And there are times if we're not careful, we look at these from a, from a mindset of that Everything's bad and it's never going to get better. And I'm telling you as a believer in Jesus, we've got to guard our hearts or otherwise we begin to see everything and everybody through the ways and through the eyes of the world instead of the ways and the eyes of Jesus where we're the ones called to make a difference. And so that's what Hebrews 3, 12 and 4, through 14 says this, be careful then, dear brothers and sisters, make sure that your own hearts are not evil and unbelieving. Why? Turning you away from the living God. You must warn each other every, hold it, hold it. you must warn everybody, each other every day. Why? It's still today. So that none of you will be deceived by sin and hardened against God. For if we are faithful to the end, trusting God just as firmly as when we first believed, we will share in all the belongings of Christ. So what he's saying here is believers, we have to be careful that we can be attacked. We can get so caught up in the things of this world and so much that's going on that he says, be careful that we don't have, this doesn't happen to us, that our own hearts become evil thinking we're doing good. Thinking that we're doing the right thing instead of saying, God, I wanna, I wanna be firmly connected firmly engaged in who you are and what you say than what I feel and what I think. I'm not going to allow my emotions to take over. I'm not going to allow the things that, that just simply come at me. And so the good news is this. When we talk about renewing our heart first and foremost, you can't renew your own heart. It's like a heart surgeon trying to do heart sur open heart surgery on himself. Hold on, guys. Scaffold. <laughs> This is what many Christians try. They think, I'll just get better. I'll just stop. I'll do it. And they think, I'm just going to do it all myself. And they go, okay. <laughs> they try to do stuff like that, and it never works. The, the thing about our heart is God knows it, God loves it, and God's the one that changes it. Matter of fact, Ezekiel put it this way. God speaking through the prophet Ezekiel, very familiar passage of scripture to some of you. 
In verse 24, he says, I will take you out of the nations, talking to the children of Israel, who had got so engrafted and ingrained with all the things going around on the nations around them, had got into idol worship, had got into all types of things that had nothing to do with God, didn't have any part of his plan for their life. And since they got so engaged, he said, I'm going to take you out of those nations and I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. God said he would do that. There's no part where man says, I got to do this. Matter of fact, he goes on to say, I will give you a new heart. And I, what, I'm going to give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. That's God's desire to do that. To say, hey, we can get so caught up in our own devices and our own desires and what we think should happen that we forget to say, God, hey, what do you say? What are you saying to me as a person, to us as a people, to us as a church, as a city, as a nation? as a state, as a nation, he said, I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. In other words, God's saying, I'm gonna do the work. I'm gonna, I'm gonna deposit this fresh wind. The spirit means pneuma, the Holy Spirit. I'm gonna breathe within you and I'm gonna give you power you don't have. That's why when we talk about the power of the Holy Spirit, it's not to simply make you shake, rattle, and roll, Okay? It's fun to do that. Don't get me wrong. I love it when the presence of God is good. But it's literally to breathe life, to bring newness and going, hey, it's kind of like, so right now we're in June. The first day of summer is coming up in maybe two weeks or so. And we're so thankful right now for cloudy days in June. I'm just going to go ahead and tell you. <laughs> Anybody that's lived here for any length of time knows if those are gone, you're going to walk out here going, Whew, oh, man. I mean, you get to your car, you're already sweating. But the Holy Spirit's like when you got this hot, stale air and you're just sitting there and it's beating down on you and you're just uh, miserable just trying to make it and all of a sudden the cloud comes in this fresh breath, this fresh air, this cool breeze just begins to blow over you and you went, oh, that feels nice. That's what God does on the inside. He begins to blow. His spirit begins to breathe on the inside. And what you thought was impossible and the way you looked at yourself and the way you looked at others, you begin to go, wow, God, you're good. Things begin to change even though the situation may not. We begin to change because of what's inside. It goes on to say, that's what 2 Corinthians 5, 17, this reality says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a What? A new creation. The old has gone. It's past. The new is here. Hey, y'all, the new is here, but we've got to be careful that we don't just become stale. We just like, oh, I'm allowing all the things and the pressures of my family, the world, my own things I want to see happen. We don't allow them to get us to become hard and to become cold and become callous. So here's a thing that we can have. I can have a clean heart. And at the same time, have a messy mind. Let me say that to you again. I can have a clean heart 
And at the same time, have a messy mind. My thoughts just be racing and running and doing and trying to take me places I don't want to go and keep me longer than what I want to stay. And so this morning, as we look at this thing of of renewal and we look at renewal of this heart, the first thing I want you to realize is God is the one that wants to and willingly renews our heart. So he's not up in heaven going, well, when you get good enough, I'll renew your heart. Let me just say, if you're waiting on those, if you're one of those people that think you've got to do something good for God to say, now I'll do something for you, you'll never get there. You'll be on that, I call it the hamster wheel of good works. You'll just still trying to, it's never going to be enough. You'll never get there. God wants to deposit that within you. He wants to breathe within you, receive something you didn't work for. The grace, the love, the joy, the peace. He wants to do that. He loves to do that. And so when we, we talk about, I love what Titus 3.5 says it best like this. He saved us not because of righteous things we had done. None of that. If anybody's ever relied on, I got to do something good. Not because of righteous things we had done, but because of his mercy. He saves us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. And I just want to say to you, just like in the natural, you renew yourself every day in the natural, Lord willing. You know, you got these things we call showers and baths and you know, you go, you, you go work all day and you get all kind of grime and heat and everything and you get home and you go, whoo, goodness, I need to wash all this stuff off of me. What's funny, we recognize that in the natural, but in the spiritual, man, you get home and you got all these thoughts and people and stuff that have come at you and come in and you're like, and you get home and you go, yeah, and you, <laughs> let me turn on a TV or let me do something. Instead of saying, hey, God, whoo, just I got to cleanse the outside, Father, I want to spend a moment. So, Here's, I just got three real quick things that I want us to look at when we think about renewal and, and this whole thing of renewal of heart and mind, especially the mind, because God renews our heart, but he gives us the privilege and the opportunity to renew our mind. In other words, I get to choose what I meditate and dwell on. I get to, I get to make that choice. You get to make that choice. And so simply stating, renewing our mind means simply this, interpreting life through the lens of God's word and and the inspiration of his Holy Spirit rather than through the lens of our own personal experiences, our failures, our weaknesses, our trauma, our preferences, our opinions of others. It's a total shift that I allow the Holy Spirit, I allow, I get to choose with his help because he's already renewed my heart, I get to take and, and choose what I want to put on, what I want to dwell on. And so it's, it's a matter of, of, of shifting uh, towards seeing the world and ourselves from God's perspective instead of from other people. So a lot of people, um, they need to be affirmed in what other people say. And affirmation is a great thing, by the way. But really what we want to do is be affirmed by the Holy Spirit and about God and saying, hey, I approve you. What does it matter if man disapproves of you when God says, man, I got you. I'm for you. This is going to happen. Matter of fact, we're not going to turn there this morning, but that's what the disciples did after they were filled with the Spirit. Last Sunday, we, we celebrated Pentecost Sunday, and we saw where if you go just a few days out, they're actually healed. They healed a man 
who was crippled, 40 years old, crippled, and he's brought before the, they're brought before the Pharisees, the religious leaders, and they say, hey, they realized one thing. They'd been doing this in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and they said, they, they got mad because they said, we can't stop doing the, the miracle is a good thing, right? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Miracles are good. Like this guy was healed and people loved that he was healed and they knew he was healed and they said, well, we can't do anything about the healing, but we can make them stop talking about Jesus. And so they came up with the idea saying, hey, y'all can keep functioning, but don't be talking about Jesus no more. And then they said this to him. They said, whether it's right before you as the leaders or before God, I'm sorry, we've got to keep talking about what we know. We've got to keep sharing what the truth is. And that's what they said. And I'm telling you for us, that's what we want to do. We want to continue to do that. It's making a daily choice. Um, moment by moment, choosing, uh, making the choice to choose the mind of Christ. You've been given that. When we read 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that's the new. I have his mind in me. Now, I know some of us, we think our mind gets scattered. Anybody here ever dealt with scatterbrain sometimes? Like you have so much going on and it's going, you're trying to pick, oh, I want to grab that one. I need that. What was that thought I was wanting <laughs> besides me? It keeps spinning. Oh, there it goes. It just, oh, where'd it go? It just left me again. This, we have the mind of Christ. And so we just have to use it. We have to pour into that. And so when we look at this thing of renewing the mind, I love what Romans 12, uh, Romans 2, 12, oh, I put Romans 2, it's Romans 12, 1 and 2, I'm sorry. I did a, I did a bad thing, y'all. I just realized that when I did my typing. <laughs> Anyhow, Romans 12, 1 and 2 in the message says this. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what he wants for you, from you and quickly respond to it, unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity. God brings the best out of you and develops well-informed maturity in you. That's what God has for us. And so here's three things I want us to do real quick when we're talking about renewing our thoughts and renewing uh, our minds and, and staying with our hearts connected in tune with what God's saying. And that is three simple things. Number one is uh, we need to recognize. Everybody say recognize. You best recognize. <laughs> Most people don't recognize. They don't stop to think about their thoughts and what's going on and where it's pulling them and where it's dragging them. They don't realize. So I'll say it. We always go in the direction of our strongest thoughts. So your thoughts are what develop your beliefs. And if your thoughts are carrying you away, what we just read in Hebrews 3, we got to be careful that we don't allow them to carry us away from that God, yeah, God's good, but you know, he's not all that. Or we, we allow our culture to say, hey, God, God, who's he? We, we determine what we want. We determine what makes us happy. And I just want to say, you can do that. But like everybody that's ever experienced something, you realize I did that. And it really didn't bring happiness. It brought more heartache. It brought more sorrow because I thought I needed that. In our culture today, it is all about what I feel and what I think and what I want instead of what God says. 
And so when we talk about recognizing, that's where uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 10 says it this way, 10.5, we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. Your thoughts will carry you places you don't want to go and they'll, they'll try to keep you there. And so we got to take them captive. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to say, no, I'm going to recognize does this line up? And I want to ask you right now, when we're thinking about intentionally capping, uh, capture each thought that comes into our mind and compare it to God's word and his promise, does it line up? Does this thought that I'm having right now reflect what God's word says about the situation or does it reflect a lie that I know doesn't represent the heart of God towards me? There are people right now, here and online, that think somehow God is mad at them. Like, if you ever get the visualization and you think about God and your first thought is, God is sitting looking at you with a big scowl on his face, like, <laughs> I'm looking at him and I see him, but I'm not very happy with him. <laughs> if your first thought about God is he's got this scowl on your face, like, let me just say, You've given him a reason to have that scowl, but he doesn't have that scowl. <laughs> he's not looking at you with, mm, he's looking at you like, man, that's my son. I love you. I want you. I want to I want, I want have you. I want, I want you to see that I'm for you. I'm not against you. And so we got to be careful that we think that God's somehow against and he's, he doesn't want us to experience this true life. I want to tell you, he wants you to have life on the inside that when you look in the mirror, you go, wow. Not because of how good you look or don't look, because, hey, man, I, I feel peace. I feel the joy. I feel the love of the Lord that I'm here to make a difference because he's making a difference. So the first thing we got to recognize, am what I'm thinking, is what my mind tends to go to. Is it, does it line up with the word of God? Secondly, if it doesn't, we have to replace it. So we got to first recognize the second we have to replace and if the thoughts you're having don't agree with God, what you have to do is you got to replace them with what? What God says, his promises. So David, I love David. He's King David. Did a lot of wonderful things, but made a lot of big mistakes. And in, in my own estimation, they're, they're worse than some of the things I've done. I've done some bad things. But I never slept with another man's wife and then had him killed. Ooh, that just sounds rough, doesn't it? And God called him a man after his heart because he kept going after his heart. He wrote a Psalm 51. He said, create in me a clean heart, God. I've messed this thing up. And so he recognized it and he replaced it. And he said, ah, I'm, I'm looking to you to do what you alone can do. That is cleanse, to renew, to restore. And I take his word and I begin to, to replace those things, those feelings, those thoughts that tell me I'm less than and I'm no good. And, and so the enemy wants you to feel that the thief, John 10, 10, we're not going to turn there this morning. Very familiar. The thief has come to kill, steal, and destroy. Jesus said, I came that you may have life. And have it more abundantly. He didn't say I came that you may have things. <laughs> he didn't say I came so you can have a lot of stuff. He said I came that you may have life. Zoe, this abundant life. 
So the first is recognized, the second is replaced. And so I just want to say you can, for me, I, I don't know, I've, I've, the last week it seemed like I've got like five or six people to put the Version Bible app on their phone. Because these things, let's be honest, everybody has one of these now, pretty much. And you have access to whatever you want to think right there. And so what I do, if I don't have something, I can go to Version Bible app and I can plug in a, I, there's a, a, a search bar. What's the word say about it? Got it. Yeah, okay, let me read it. I have it sometimes. I'm just playing in my car as I'm riding down the road. There are things. I got to replace these things in my life that tell me I'm less than and I'm no good with what God says and what he says I can do. And then the third thing is real simple. Recognize, replace. And then we have to reinforce it. Anybody ever did something one thing and thought, did, uh, did uh, accomplish something one time and thought you were a professional at that moment. I did it, I made it, I got it, I'm a professional. So I did that one time. Um, years ago, my wife, when my son was very little, talking about clothes, um, clothes were real expensive, what have you, and I said, oh, I can make him an outfit. I mean, it's just some sewing and some little things. I did, y'all, believe it or not. So he was, he was about four years old. I, I got a pattern from Walmart. I said, you pick out the, you pick out the stuff. She wanted a paisley vest. I'm like, we didn't say vest. <laughs> I was thinking pants, you know, anybody. So it took me a long time. And it took me going to my sister, who is a excellent seamstress. <laughs> I said, okay, now what does this mean when it says this folds up? Right? Oh, you do that? I'm like, I got to do it. I got to make it. Well, as soon as I did it and got it done and it looked good, I'm like, I'm an expert. I've got it. He's looking good. I made the black pants with a little stretch thing in there. I made the vest. He had his boots. They matched. That's the only one I ever made. <laughs> I said, I did it, it's done. What we do sometimes, we get a scripture and we do it one time. We think, well, it's over, I've got it. And I want to tell you, in life, it's not like that. Anything you get good at, you've practiced over and over and over, good or bad. You've practiced over and over. This morning, as I close, I want you to think about what have you been reinforcing in your own life? Because many times there, I have people, <laughs> they want me to try to reinforce something. I'm like, they want me to pray for something. I said, that's not a prayer request. That, that's not a prayer request. That right there, <laughs> that is something you got to take authority over. <laughs> So I can pray for you and I can say, hey, let, I said, no, you got to take authority over that. It's a lie you're believing. This is something I got to, oh, don't let them believe that lie, Lord. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be the one to say, I'm being lied to and I ain't going to be lied to anymore. And you've got to be, begin to reinforce. So when you recognize an area of your life and there's, it could be many, you, you take a moment and you recognize, hold it, I don't. I don't like the way I've been thinking or feeling towards a situation or towards something that's going on in my life. You, with the power of the Holy Spirit, can begin to look and say, I'm going to recognize that. And then I'm going to look up and say, Lord, I'm going to take a moment. This is my part to study the word. And if you don't know how to do that, please reach out to me. I can help you with studying. It's, it's not that hard. It's, you read. And if you can't read, the beautiful thing about the Bible app, it reads to you.
So that's no slight on anybody. That's, this will help you. What it ends up doing also is it will give you those areas that you struggle with the most. Because I'm going to say this. I mean, I can, I, can, I can go study something, but if it's not something that I'm battling right now or something that's going on in my life, then really it's not going to have as much of an effect. And so I like to put it this way. If you've got a bucket, let's say I've got this water bottle right here. And I've got a little hole right here. And it's kind of going out. Y'all laugh because the other day I was in my car and I had a little planer. It was in my truck. I had a planer that you plane some stuff with. And a water bottle fell on it. And the little blade was sticking out a little bit. And it cut a little spot. And I went to drink and it went. I was like, oh, man, that's not good. But if I got this little water bottle, it's got a little slit right here and there's some stuff coming out. So here's an area of your life where it's a little stroke. You're not, it's, it's kind of got some little stuff going on. But it's not bad. It's, I mean, you got stuff going on. But you got a hole down here and it's a big hole. And you hey, let me deal with this little thing right here. It's not going to be as effective. Whatever's your biggest challenge I want to challenge you this morning, go after that first. These other things, you'd be surprised. They'll begin to take, if you'll begin to look at that and say, Jesus, and let me say, in this room and online, we all go through different things at different times. There's no, oh, yep, that's it. We all struggle at different times with different things. And so this is why it's important to do this every day. Every day, every day, I had my mentor in the faith who's in heaven right now, Billy Godwin, who was a, literally a collegiate gymnast, and he's like, every day, every day, every day, every day, every day, you got to study the Bible, every day, every day, you got to memorize scripture, every day, every day, every day, I'm like, I got it, Billy, every day. He's the one that helped me memorize chapters of the Bible. He's like, we got to do it. I got to get chapters. Some people only need verses. When you're real bad off, you got to remember chapters. <laughs> I needed chapters. Still do. But if I could challenge this this morning as I close in this, if you take just a moment right where you are, could you close your eyes for just a minute? And this is for you. And the only reason I have us close our eyes is simply this. It's the only way I know we get alone in a crowded room. There's nothing real more spiritual than that. But in the spirit of your own mind right now, ask yourself. I believe the Holy Spirit is here right now. Worship was incredible. I got to say, watching Michaela up here playing bass, I was like, look at that girl go. Not only she sing, but in the spirit of your mind right now, ask yourself. What's your biggest challenge going on right now? What have you been saying about yourself? What does your self-talk look like? What has your own heart and mind been saying to you and making declarations about yourself? I'm not good enough. I'm damaged goods. Nobody loves me. Nobody would ever want me. I'm not smart enough. I'm not pretty enough. 
I'm not tall enough. Always not enough. I'm not spiritual enough. What are some of those things that you get pounded with? May, may even have a voice attached to it. Something you heard from somebody that just replays over in your mind over and over and over. I believe with all my heart that right now the Holy Spirit wants to put his finger on that and then with the help of God's word wants to replace that. And then we get to help reinforce that by either writing down or sharing with somebody else what God has done for us and telling somebody else, affirming what God has done. So I want you to think about that what's been speaking to you that says you're less than or you can or, and I want you to think, is there a scripture right now that can come to your, where the Holy Spirit would bring to your mind something, a truth that he would say, this is what God says. This is not what you feel. So this is what God's word says. Because that's the, that's the tactic of the enemy. The first question the enemy asked the first humans was, did God really say? That's your power. That's my power. It's our strength. So I want you to grab a verse right now. Think about it. Jesus, Lord, thank you right now for remembrance. Thank you, Lord, right now for recall in people's hearts and minds. And I want you to begin to, in your mind's eye right now, begin to speak that over yourself right now. I mentioned David a moment ago who literally should have been expanding his territory but was doing other things he took a man's wife he had her his husband had her husband murdered but towards the end of his he as as, as he kept writing in psalms 139 he was still able to say i'm fearfully and wonderfully made my soul knows that well in other words he was saying he even went on to say at the end search me god Try me, see if there's anything contrary that the way I'm thinking and operating is different from the way you think and operate. What, what I say about myself is not the same thing as you say about me. And then begin to replace that. And he said, lead me in the way everlasting. He gives God the freedom and the time and the moment to do that. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, I thank you for each of these precious souls right here tonight, this, today, this afternoon. For those in this room and those online. God, I know each one of us is human, Lord. We are creating your image and your likeness. We have an enemy that desires to constantly tell us, to constantly attack us and tell us who you are and try to shape our thoughts and feelings towards you. But today we say, Lord, you are God, you are king, you're good. 
Lord, you have our best in mind at all times. Lord, we never leave your thoughts. And Lord, I thank you right now that you have withheld no good thing from any of us. That Lord, you have nothing but life. Jesus, you said you came, you came that we may have your life, the abundant life. And so Lord, I thank you for that beginning to flood hearts and minds right now. In Jesus' name, amen. What I want us to do on our way out this morning is I'm gonna ask you to take a step that you can't take here. Because I'm a firm believer, most of our life, so we get about maybe an hour and a half together on Sunday mornings. Most of our life is lived outside of these walls. But I believe right now the Holy Spirit's gonna start a work where he, he's already started it of, of this whole thing of recognizing it's up to us to begin to replace. And then I, what I want us to do, you're, 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 I believe what the Holy Spirit wants to do is I want, him, I want you to reinforce this that he started in here. Now we're gonna be available. There'll be people available to pray with you and for you because there is a time where you need people to just break some stuff off. It, it tries to grab a hold and it gets to be a little overwhelming. There are times when that happens and I believe with all my heart we, we can do that. But for you, I want you to begin to take time every morning. Take a moment and just allow God to speak to you. Take those moments to begin to, to refresh your mind and your spirit with the word. Begin to see what he says. And like I said, if you could download the U version, you can actually, you can, you could Google it too, by the way. You can Google. Google works on those things. You Google everything else. You could Google that. What does the Bible say about this situation? What does the scripture say? And I want you to take, and you may need to write it down. Put it on a note card. Not just look at it. Some people got those incredible memories. They can look at something, they remember it. I always have to write it down. I just, you just, I just have to. If I don't write it down, I'm like, if I don't type it out, I don't do it. I can't do it. That's why all my stuff, I, I type a lot of stuff because if I didn't, if I just came up here and said, hey, let me, I'd be like, woo, y'all would be in trouble. Jesus. You've, you, you have to take action. And I'll just say it depends on what you want to get rid of. If you want to stay the way, that's fine. God will still, this has, this, by the way, this isn't above the sun issue. <laughs> Jesus settles your above the sun. That's what he said. He gets that. This is how we live below the sun. This is how I deal with those people around me that I've got to walk and do life with. That's how I, I, this is how I got to deal with people that come into my building and take all my stuff. Y'all, he went in my office and took a nap. He moved my table. He ate some, got some cheese things from somewhere. I don't even know. Left them on my couch. <laughs> like, dude, went through my drama bag. <laughs> the drama that we took some of the mass from their king of hearts. <laughs> it's like, what? Which let me know he really is, <laughs> his mind's messed up. But, but it, it, it didn't matter what he did. It didn't change who I am. It didn't make me go to a place like, um, no, I've said, I'm going to go get our stuff back if I can do that. But so for us, 
it helps us stay centered. It helps us stay connected with our with Jesus, the giver, the life giver, the, the one that restores our mind and our soul. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, if you stand with me at this time, like I said, we'll be available. There are people be here, myself and others will be here to pray with you. If you have something that's really battling you and you feel less than and you just hadn't been able to get over it, we'll be here to help you do that. If you'd open your hands to receive from the Lord, I want to bless you. Actually, God wants to bless you. Father God, you're the creator of the universe and you're the one who commanded blessing to be spoken over your people that your name might be placed on them and you in turn would do the blessing. And so I say to each one of you in this room and those online, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. And the Lord lift the light of his countenance on you and give you his peace, his power, his provision, and his protection. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. God bless you.